Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to another episode of The Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barrelly. So excited to spend another patch of time with you. Today, looking into something that has been of interest to me for several years now. And that's looking at ancient civilizations, namely Lemuria and Atlantis. And I think that their lessons of these ancient civilizations are really relevant to us in this time and age. And I'm going to explain that as we go through today. Now, I do want to kind of pre- uh, preface um, what we're going to talk about today with a bit of a warning. What I'm going to be sharing today is my experiences and my um, my visions and the information I've gathered. But what you'll find, and this is a really interesting thing, because different people have different experiences associated with Lemuria and Atlantis. Similar to we all have different experiences to visiting other countries in the world, such as Paris. Have you ever been to Paris? Did you enjoy it? What did you think? Did you find it romantic and that type of thing? I've been twice, and my experience both times was not an enjoyable one. One time the weather was dreadful, and we had to stuff up with our hotel, and we basically were walking in the rain trying to find somewhere to sleep at night. The other time was just, you know, didn't enjoy the company, and there was a problem with my my travel card, and so I've never really got into Paris. Does that mean Paris is a bad place? Definitely not. It's a gorgeous place. And I know so many people that have had some beautiful experiences there. But that's the same when people go back and have meditations of Lemuria or Atlantis and that type of thing as well. And I guess bit by bit we start to paint a picture together of what these ancient civilizations were. So that being said, let's talk a little bit about Atlantis first of all. You've probably heard of Atlantis. That may have piqued your energy and when you saw that in the title of this podcast. So Atlantis is an ancient civilization that was believed to have been somewhere up in the Northern Hemisphere. There's debate on whether it was near the Caribbean and the Bermuda Triangle, um, up near somewhere in Europe, or who, who knows? They're still trying to find it. And hopefully one day they find it. Now, there were some interesting aspects of Atlantis. There was, you know, there was... Um, this was an advanced civilization. Their energy um, and their auras and their chakras were a lot more activated than what is tended to be um, what has happened today with our general people um, and the general population now. And I guess hopefully we're looking at trying to reascend back to that level. However, what happened with Atlantis, and we often hear about the fall of Atlantis, was there was a priesthood, there were the wise, there were the advanced. And because of all this technology they had and how they were able to manipulate nature and all these different types of things, what happened in their end is they got so excited they tended to get a little bit greedy. And that greed was kind of the premise of why there was the fall of Atlantis. And eventually, Mother Nature, Mother Earth, reclaimed and rebalanced everything 
and there was a great flood of Atlantis. There was ideas that Atlantis was um, playing around with things like genetic engineering, and there were creators of things like mermaids, where they were fusing people with fish. Um, they were um, playing with the weather patterns and that type of thing. So they were basically, you know, not honouring nature and not working with her, but working, you know, taking their understanding of nature and then doing their own bidding to their own selfish benefits and that type of thing. So that's been the kind of my experience and my learnings of Atlantis in that type of way. Of course, there would have been amazing aspects of Atlantis, energy-wise, working on crystals, working on plants, all that type of thing, very much Atlantean energy as well. And we can definitely, if we tune into that energy, learn from that. So Lemuria. Let's talk about Lemuria. Have you heard of Lemuria? So Lemuria is believed to be another ancient civilization predating Atlantis, and it was more in the Southern Hemisphere. It was a large landmass that, from one side, encompassed Madagascar, also encompassed parts of Asia and India, South America, a lot of the Pacific Islands, Hawaii, Australia, and New Zealand. And if you look at a map, or if you jump on the internet and Google Godwana, that is kind of the landmass that we're referring to. Now, the Lemurians were very different from the Atlanteans in certain ways. They had similarities in their advancement and connection and energy capabilities and that type of thing. Telepathy and um, non-verbal communication was at a higher level. But whereas the Atlanteans understood nature and used that to their advantage, the Lemurians also understood nature, but then lived in harmony with it. So what happened is there was this real kind of um, working with crystals and working with plants and all these different things on a really um, powerful level. They, they lived in cycle with the moon and cycle with the seasons and all that type of thing. Lemurian cultures were also to be um, were a little bit different in the way that how they um, interacted is instead of having that hierarchy and priests and priestesses, it, everyone had a role. Different roles? specialist roles but everyone had their role to play and i i almost think of you know sim symbolically to represent atlantis versus lemuria we had the pyramid which is like that levels of moving up the ranks and moving up type of atlantean energy whereas i think of the lemurian energy is more of a round circle and that type of thing where everything is equal in that type of way the lemurians Worked with, yeah, as I said, worked with the animals, the crystals, the oils, all those different things to really, and, and lived in harmony and, and were healers and amazing things like that. As uh, it is believed that as Lemuria started to sink, as the land masses changed, some of the Lemurians um, moved up and went to Atlantis. They, being so loving and open minded, never having come into these power struggles and these hierarchies and that type of thing, they were often taken advantage of. And it is believed that possibly the Lemurians were the individuals who were fused with fish to create things like mermaids, centaurs, and the like type of thing as well. But you'll notice that all of these kind of creatures, centaurs, um, mermaids, satyrs, always have a very strong attachment to nature and a bit of a wisdom to nature as well and that type of thing. So those are some type of theories in that type of way. So what I've noticed with this Lemurian versus this Atlantean energy, and again, they both have virtues, but these energies seem to have even remained on our planet, even though these 
cultures and these civilizations have vanished without very much evidence that they're still around. When we look at, and I know I'm being stereotypical, but I guess it's to paint the picture kind of thing, and, and it's definitely not my intention to criticize any individual or any nation um, because they all have virtue. But if you, we look around the Southern Hemisphere, we look at African cultures and South American cultures, very tribal or community or family based. There's a real big emphasis on that type of thing. Even when we come to countries such as Australia, where I was born and where I'm where I live now, although we had white settlers come to Australia, there has been an adoption of different feelings here, such as we have something in Australia called the tall poppy syndrome which is when everyone anyone is a tall poppy they get cut down so we don't like authority we don't like anyone thinking that they're better than us and we tend to pull people down to you know we stay at the same level and that type of thing as well see that in asia it's not good to um to boast and those types of things in north america and europe there is more of that kind of energy of the individual you know, in America, you can be whatever you want. You can rise above. You can be better than anyone else and that type of thing as well. Even with the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, I see some real struggles in some of the, um, you know, in, in the United States at the moment where individuals are, are not liking the fact that they can't do, they're having their own personal freedom impacted. Whereas Australia, you know, I'm in Perth at the moment where we haven't had any new infections in a few weeks now because the community is very minded about, I know, you know, for me as a 40 year old, if I get COVID-19, I'll probably be fine. I'll have some sniffles. But if I'm a carrier of that and I interact with someone who's elderly or at risk, then that could impact them. Do you see that Lemurian energy of the Lemurians believe that we are only as strong as our weakest link? We all evolve together. Atlanteans were each individual does their best to get to the best to rise everyone up in that type of way. I think at this point in time, we do have an excess of Atlantean energy on this planet and an underabundance of Lemurian. And there's a need for us to rebalance that, to come back to the need of the community. Each individual is losing their sense of community and the power of the group and trying to be that individual that counts. And we see dramatic things happening around the world where an individual is only worried about themselves and how society sees them and they go for their own personal gain at the detriment of other people. And we see how that impacts people's individual lives, relationships, and the planet in a whole kind of thing. We could, we could spend probably hours just diving into that a little bit more. So I think that there's a really great need for us to look at, okay, coming back to that group, coming back to that family um, need and the community, and we're all working together. There are some really interesting things happening around the world at the moment, you know, health-wise with this pandemic, environmentally-wise with we had the massive bushfires throughout the east coast of Australia. Um, we've got animals being, you know, ex becoming extinct all around the place, climate change, all these different things to challenge us. And as an individual, there's not much we can do. As a community, when we look at the greater good of all concerned and we all rise together, this is a really powerful way we can overcome these things. And we're seeing that with how different people and how different communities are tackling the pandemic. And I think that can be learned and carried over to other environmental things as well. So I would invite you, regardless of whether you live in the Southern or the Northern Hemisphere, 
to look at how you can embrace Lemurian energy a little bit more and how that might be able to help yourself to feel less alone. You know, it's amazing how connected we are, yet we all feel more alone than ever before as well. The Lemurian energy is about embracing, opening up, that intimacy, all those types of things. So the more we can work with Lemurian energy and bring that kind of sense of community back and we all rise together, I think the more humans are going to evolve. I look at different elections and different things that have happened around the world. We look at what's happened in the UK with Brexit or with Donald Trump being elected, very polarizing incidences. And what we often see is people looking at the other side going, how on earth could they vote that way? What are they thinking? Look at what's happening. And they get angry and annoyed and, you know, belittle the other people. But when we look at why those people made those decisions, a lot of the time it's because they're angry and they feel disempowered and they're annoyed. And in fact, we're actually feeling the same kind of emotions, just on a different aspect. The time has come on this planet when we can no longer sit in our kumbaya circles with our soul sisters and brothers that are like-minded and just hope and pray and you know all those different things that the world will get better. There's a funny um, meme that I see going around on social media occasionally going, I can't believe all these bad things are happening with all these white girls have so much sage and crystals and <laughs> not knocking anyone kind of thing. But that is true that, you know, we it's, we now, like the Lemurian energy, we are only as strong as our weakest link. Now is our time to stretch beyond those of our like-minded and embrace everyone and embrace that difference and find that Lemurian energy as well. So after the break, we're going to dive in and have a look at different crystals and oils that can help us to channel into this Lemurian energy. And also we'll dive into a little bit of Atlantean as well. If you feel something you'd like to have a look at there, then we'll definitely look at that and we'll check that out after the break. Welcome back to A Blessed Journey. We've been exploring Lemuria and Atlantis, these two different ancient civilizations, the differences and the similarities between them. And now we're going to dive into some crystals from both and some essential oils that can help us anchor back in to these amazing civilizations and help us to learn what we need to learn. So let's spend a little bit of time looking at Atlantis, first of all. And I've got three different crystals that I love when I want to connect with that Atlantean energy and, and that individual and empowerment of the individual and rising above um, whatever we need to rise above can be really quite powerful. So the first one is a crystal that was first described even before it was discovered by a famous prophet called Edgar Casey. You may have heard of him. Now, at one point in his career, he became really interested and really connected to Atlantis. And he kept on having these visions and journeys. And he kept on seeing this blue crystal that he would describe. And everyone around him was like, there's no such crystal that, that fits that description. And he could see the Atlanteans using it for healing and rebalancing and all that type of thing. Now, after he died... A crystal was discovered in the Dominican Republic that matched his description exactly. And that crystal was Larimer. Larimer is a blue type of petrolite, which is found only in the Dominican Republic, of course, near the Bermuda Triangle. It is an amazingly powerful crystal that has been given other nicknames like Dolphin Stone and Atlantis Stone because 
people, when they meditated with it, have had visions back to those times of Atlantis. And of course, the dolphins are seen as possibly being a um, they, that they maybe came from a different star system or they had connections with Atlantis. And they seem to, dolphins seem to know a little bit more than they let off. There is even belief that they do communicate telepathically. We just don't know how to monitor that. So they actually have some wisdom um, from Atlantis, from star systems, from something and that type of thing. So Larimer can help us connect with that dolphin knowledge, but also the knowledge of Atlantis as well. Really good for helping us to heal. Um, what I love about Larimer is it very much helps us open up to the abundance of options. If we do what we've always done, we're going to get what we've always got. And that is, you know, especially true in our everyday life, but also true in um, our evolution as well. If humans keep doing what they keep doing, then we'll just keep on getting more of the same. We see mistakes and we see history being repeated with different things. And you can always map cycles sometimes in the history of the world. Larimer is here to help us evolve and find new ways of doing things. An example of Larimer working really well is I once had someone I was helping out to find a love crystal. And last week we talked about love crystals and she she was a customer when I worked in a crystal shop. Um, she had all her life sorted but she's like right let's find a soulmate so we talked about all the different love crystals many of the ones we discussed in last week's podcast in the end she's like no i'm not drawn to any of them but i'm drawn to that blue stone what's that blue stone and it was larimer so she ended up buying herself a beautiful pendant of larimer and she came back and saw me a few weeks later and said guess what i finally found someone but the interesting thing is i've i've gone for someone i was drawn to someone attracted to someone i'd never have looked at before Totally different to all the other people I've dated, but we really get along. And that is how Larimer can work. It opens your eyes up to different possibilities and different ideas and that type of thing. And so the Atlanteans kept on evolving, and Larimer can help us to connect with the Atlantean energy and to keep doing things in different ways. Now, there is also a need for some of us, especially possibly you listening to this podcast right now, that needs to step up, that you know that um, you have gifts to give to the world, whether you're a talented reader or healer or teacher, whatever that may be, somewhere in the spiritual realm, or maybe just not in the spiritual realm, just maybe something else. And there's amazing crystal that has been reserved for the use primarily in Atlantis and also in ancient Egypt, only for the priests and the priestesses. This crystal is azurite also known as Azurite, a vibrant indigo blue crystal. It's absolutely stunning. bit rarer, but it then normally comes into the lives of those that need it, those that are ready to step up. Now, Azurite, I associate with the animal, the bat, and bats symbolize rebirth. They fly out of the cave each night to fly out into the night sky, as though they're being reborn all the time. They're flying out of the womb of Mother Earth, which is that cave. So bats are very much about rebirthing, and, and Azurite helps us to rebirth and reinitiate as a priest or priestess, and to go out and make our difference in the world, to be more of a leader in different ways. So really good for, again, helping you connect with Atlantean energy, stand up, be your most powerful self in that type of way, and also to um, make more of a difference in the world. Stop playing small in that type of way. So Azurite's another one that I really love for Atlantean energy. The next one I want to talk about is actually not a single crystal, but it's a series of crystals. 
And these are called the aura quartz family. So you may have heard of crystals such as aqua aura or angel aura. Now these are crystals, they start as clear quartz and they're put in a heated vacuum with different metals, gold, silver, platinum, cobalt, a whole range of different things. And depending on what metals you put in there, when you heat that oven up to over 2000 degrees, so don't try doing this at home, um, the metals fuse with the quartz and make this really powerful crystal. The interesting thing about these crystals is, you know, some people go, oh, they're fake, they're man-made and that type of thing. Now, I have some strong opinions on fake crystals. And again, if you jump on YouTube and search for my name and fake crystals, there's a video where I talk about things that have been man-made in that they're like colored glass or they're injected with dyes or things like that. And yes, I have anything with that. But these aura quartzes are a natural process in a man-made environment. So if we ever have a really hot day, so around 2,000 degrees kind of thing, then metals will fuse to quartz and we will get aura quartzes. I know that's a bit extreme, but I find that these are really interesting crystals and I don't get the same sickly, nauseating feeling that I do with like blue halite that's been dyed or coloured agates or goldstone or opalite or green and blue obsidians or things like that that have been man-made in that type of way. So these oroquats are amazing. And of course, the um, Atlanteans, they were using this kind of technology. How can we take hold of nature and expand her? How can we make her better? So what happened is these oroquats, there's a fascinating article that I read once where another healer, she had some aqua aura, which is the blue oroquats. She got some clear quartz, and how you make aqua aura is fusing it with gold, quartz with gold. So she had some clear quartz and some gold, and used some tuning forks and worked out the energy field. And it was about 50 centimetres. She then took that away and put a piece of aqua aura down of around the same size and measured the energy field of that, and it was about a metre. It was double. Now she did this with all different combinations of aura quartzes and then the quartz and the metals, and each time it doubled. So what happens, we know that clear quartz is an uh, amplifier of energies. Metals are actually crystals. They grow in a crystalline structure, but instead of being made of more than one element, like all our other crystals are, they're pure crystals of one element. Gold, silver, chromium, all these different things are still crystals. So quartz amplifies those pure, really pure crystals and also brings in that color therapy with a really dynamic color as well. Just a side note, when it comes to aqua, um, or any of the aura quartzes actually, you do need to be aware. Aura quartzes are made in the process I've discussed, but in some countries around the world, spray painting clear quartz with bright colors that look like the aura quartz effect is done. And those, again, are fake crystals and not what we're talking about here. That is a spray paint and a dye being painted on a quartz. If it's hard to see through the quartz, then it's probably fake. When an aura quartz is done properly, you can still see the um, the quartz and the imperfections in the quartz and all that type of thing. It's just a bit of a like a filter put over the top. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, with the aura quartzes, what, what they're amazing for, you can actually get every single color of the rainbow. Reds, oranges, yellows, greens. Some are easier and harder to find um, and that type of thing. 
amazing. They amplify, they, bring, they amplify healing, they amplify other crystals of the same color. They're amazing in grids and that type of thing as well. Real Atlantean energy, really powerful in that type of way. I really love working with them. So if you want to connect with that Atlantean energy and that, Aura Quartz is a beautiful way to go as well. But the focus of today's podcast was more, how do we bring more of this Lemurian energy up? How do we really connect with this Lemurian essence of we're all in this together and we all work together in community and you know everyone has a gift to share and we all shine brightly together and that type of thing. So probably the main crystal, I'm going to share a few with you, but the main crystal that if you want to connect with Lemuria, you need to start looking for or add to your collection if you don't already have one, is what's called a Lemurian seed crystal. So quartz crystals, when they grow, are normally grow in this cluster. But a few decades ago, some quartz points were found broken off from clusters and buried in sand. Not only were they buried in sand and broken off from their clusters, but they had these this ribbing over it, these kind of lines that when you close your eyes and run your hand up and down it, or your thumb or your finger, you can feel bump. And lots of little bumps or ridges and that type of thing. As intuitive and psychic people and spiritual people started to work with these crystals, they started having flashbacks to the civilization of Lemuria. And what has been determined is that the Lemurians realized that there would be a time in this Earth's cycle that we would need their knowledge again. And so what they did is they programmed crystals with their knowledge and buried them and hid them around that Godwana area so that we could find them. So now we can find Lemurian seed crystals in, in South America and other places around the world. How you know that your quartz crystal is a Lemurian seed crystal is basically you can close your eyes and you can feel the ridges or the rims. How we meditate with them and get our um, knowledge or wisdom from the Lemurian energy is you can either meditate and just stroke the ribbing kind of thing with your thumb or a finger, or you can actually put your fingernail in. Kind of think of it like a USB and you're going through the files and it's this USB of ancient knowledge and that type of thing as well. People have had really profound realizations with them. How do you know when you've found your um, Lemurian seed crystal? You'll know. It'll just fit in your hand and it's like coming home again. I have one um, and when I found it, it just, if, if my house was on fire and I've got a rather generous crystal collection, that would be the first crystal I'd grab. If I could only grab one, that. There's just this real comfort. It's a connection to the earth and it's a key to connecting with the earth as well. One thing with Lemurian seed crystals, they're not a crystal I recommend cleansing. When we cleanse a crystal, obviously what we're doing is we're taking it back to its natural balance. And if I gave you a USB with all the ancient knowledge of Lemuria, would you delete that and put your family photos over the top? Hopefully not. Um, now, if you have been cleansing a Lemurian seed crystal, don't stress. I believe the Lemurians had enough knowledge and wisdom and power that they programmed the hell out of that crystal. And that knowledge is very much inside that crystal. So you don't have to worry about losing it all. But I wouldn't go cleansing it and trying to remove and rebalance that energy in there. 
So Lemire and Seed Crystals are absolutely amazing. They teach us harmony. They teach us, they give, uh, for me, they give me comfort. When you're feeling lonely, they reignite that sense of oneness. They're great for any type of healing. They're great for distance healing. So that's where we send energy to someone else who needs healing. Um, again, making sure that that healing has been requested um, and um, that, that they want it. Otherwise, you know, we might be interfering with their journey and that kind of thing, but really grateful. You know, clear quartz is a great all-rounder anyway, and Lemurian Seed Crystal brings in an, a whole new element for any kind of healing work, nature work, connection work, amazing in that type of way. So Lemurian Seed Crystals are amazing. One interesting thing is you can actually grab, um, from time to time, Aqua Aura Lemurian Seed Crystals. So that is the merging of Atlantean energy with Lemurian energy. So if you find one, I've got a, a, an Aqua Aura and an Angel Aura, which is the white one, um, Lemurian Seed Crystals, and I think also a Rose Aura one as well. Um, you know I like to collect crystals, that should be obvious by now kind of thing. So just yeah, that, that's a really interesting kind of balance between the two. But I would be, first of all, if you're really interested in Lemuria and connecting with Lemuria, I would really look at first just a plain, straight out of the ground, clear quartz, Lemuria and seed crystal. You can, in saying that as well, get amethyst ones, smoky quartz ones, natural citrines as well. You know, the universe will deliver what you need and that type of thing. So this is a really great crystal, but... And some other crystals I want to talk about as well. There's been a couple of crystals that have come up um, kind of pre-2000. And, you know, we're all excited about 2000 and we thought this was going to be a time of evolution and things would change. And, you know, it's interesting how what's happening in 2020 with definitely a transition time as well. But just before 2000, there were different crystals that came up that were discovered for the very first time and I think they were emerged at that time to help humanity to move on. So the first one is a family of crystals that I refer to as super quartzes. Probably the most famous one is the one that's been trademarked. Um, it comes from Brazil. It's known as Super 7. It was found by a crystal author by the name of Melody. Now, Super 7 is a crystal that combines clear quartz, smoky quartz, and amethyst, all growing together in the same crystals. And then within that, it's, uh, there's inclusions of rutile, lipidocrosite, geothite, and rutile. And so you've got these seven crystals all growing together. Now within this crystal, or this stone, you've got a real grounding crystal in smoky quartz, a real spiritual one in amethyst. You've got clear quartz, which amplifies that. You've got lipidocrosite, which is a real heart one. Um, you've got Rutile, which helps us to shine, all these different ones in there that really help to bring out different aspects of ourselves. And Cacoxonite. Sorry, I forgot Cacoxonite before. I think I said Rutile twice, didn't I? Um, so these different crystals all bring out different things. Now, there is different um, super quartzes that aren't that exact combination that have been found in places like India and Madagascar as well, where you get quartz, the quartz family, so clear quartz, citrine, Amethyst and smoky quartz growing together and then little inclusions within them as well. So these I group into a whole family called super quartzes because they're amazing. Now when I hold these, it's like I've drunk about a litre or two of Coca-Cola. Big energy boost, so really good on a physical level as well. But these, like because they're crystals that are all working together, they help to teach us on a global scale how to work in harmony. 
So on a small level, if you're in a blended family, maybe, you know, you've got children living together from past relationships or different things like that, super quartzes are great to grid around the house to help with harmony. Or anywhere where you're bringing a group of different and diverse people together and you need them to work together, super quartzes help. Super quartz also is a protector of the internet. Because what is the internet? Again, uniting people of differences and bringing them together. So if your internet's playing up, try a bit of super quartz. That and maybe a ruby, which is a great crystal that resonates with Archangel Michael, who's the guardian of the element of fire and electricity. Ask Michael to help you with the internet if it's playing up. Give it a shot. You never know. So these super quartzes are absolutely amazing for bringing people together. And I believe it's probably... Um, the most amazing crystal for, you know, where we have this segregation of cultures and religions and all that type of thing. Differences coming together and reuniting, and we're more powerful when we unite in that type of way. Now, another combination crystal that was found, kind of on the other side of our Lemurian region, um, was in Namibia. In 1996, a rare combination of five crystals that are um, have, or four of them have a strong base in copper, Copper gives them their colour, and growing on a bed of smoky quartz. It was found in Namibia in 1996, as I said, um, and this crystal has been come to known as Quantum Quattro. Quantum Quattro is a combination of a rich forest green crystal called Dioptase, a more commonly green one you may know called Malachite, a soft robin eggs blue crystal known as Chrysocolla, a deeper blue crystal called Shadokite, and it all grows on a bed of smoky quartz. Now, these are all emotional healing crystals. And what I found, each crystal in this takes us through a process of the, um, of the, of the emotional healing thing, of the emotional healing process. Now, it's interesting because what I've learned about the New Age and through observation of the New Age is, in a way, it's almost selfish. Think about it. If you think about most of the products, it's all about we, we're going to balance our chakras and then we're going to heal our inner child and then we're going to forgive our mother and then we're going to activate our, and connect with our guardian angel and all this kind of thing. It's all me, 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 me. And Quantum Quattro, I feel, comes through with the message that, hey, yes, there are pains and sufferings from your past, but at this point in time, there are bigger fish to fry than the fact that your mother didn't love you or that something didn't go right in a relationship, and we need to rise above that, get over it, leave that baggage, and come together to help bring the earth back to her former glory. So quantum quattro allows us to do that in a really powerful, yet not rough or aggressive kind of way. So what happens is, first of all, we have malachite. And malachite goes in there and brings different issues up to the surface. Malachite is known as the crystal of paradise, but we can only get to paradise if we deal with the darkness first. So that brings it up. What happens then is we've got the Shadokite, which works with our third eye chakra. Our third eye chakra is not just about intuition, but also about our intellect. It's about understanding and being able to understand what's happened. And Shadokite helps us to go within and look at something that's happened to us in the past and understand why someone did, why they did, why we reacted like we did, and how that was part of our journey. Dioptase, which is a crystal of compassion 
and understanding and embracement allows us to understand what has happened in the past and accept and possibly even be grateful because every traumatic thing that happens in our lives gives us some kind of wisdom or some type of strength. And it's a really great book by one of my favorite teachers and authors, Dr. John Martini, called The Breakthrough Process that helps you in this kind of level of finding that things that we see are good are actually bad for us as well, and things that are bad for us actually serve us as well. And he talks you through how to return and these lopsided um, perceptions and bring them back to a really equalized point, and that point is love. And Dioptase helps us to do that as well. Finally, you've got Chrysocola in there, and Chrysocola is very nurturing, very healing, and helps us to release all that pain and get on with it. Then afterwards, you've got Smoky Quartz, and Smoky Quartz gives you a big hug and goes, well done, Tiger, you got through it. So this is an amazing crystal, and I find, you know, when I have my um, Quantum Quattro, when I first started working with it, I just catch myself holding it. And so it's not going to kind of, you know, throw things at you and bring things up that you can't handle, but it will help you get through your stuff quickly and rise above it. The animal that comes to me when I meditate with Quantum Quattro is the penguin. Now, can a penguin fly? Well, no. Not as we would normally think. Not through the element of air, which is the intellect. But the element of water, which is associated with our emotions, it flies and navigates through that. So Quantum Quattro is really great for bringing that penguin energy of flying through the water. And even the platypus, if we're talking about Lemurian energy, the platypus in Australia, is able to navigate its way through murky waters quite easily. Quantum Quattro has a really nurturing energy, but I have found, um, and me and a group, we did a bit of an experiment. We tried putting Quantum Quattro in our pillowcase for a week to see what it would do to our dreams. And all of us, after about two or three nights, had to take it out because we just needed one good night's sleep. It brings a lot up in the dreamscape. Play around with that, see how it goes well. So that's another interesting Lemurian one for helping us get over our issues and rise above it to come together and help the Earth and return her to her glory. The final one I want to talk about is a crystal that is found in uh, my home state of Australia called Mookite. Now, Mookite comes in these amazing reds and yellows, which is often referred to as ochre. It's a kind of mustard yellow, which very much is associated with the land of Australia. So you've got these two colours that are very grounding, and so great for grounding you and stability and that type of thing as well. But in the waves of the colours of Mookite, you'll also find whites, pinks, mauves and purples, those spiritual colours. And what I love about Mookite is not only does Mukite just help to ground us on an everyday practical level, but it also helps us connect with the spiritual consciousness of our land. Now, sometimes we feel like we need to go to the pyramids or Stonehenge or Machu Picchu or somewhere profound like that to sense the magic of the world. But what I want to tell you is that there is magic in your own backyard, in the local national park or playground or wherever the trees are growing. And Mukite really helps you to sense that and to realign yourself with different energies of around what's around you and to live in harmony with your part of the earth. So Mukite is a really great Lemurian one. It's only found in the Lemurian region of Western Australia. It's not found anywhere else in the world and will really help you to strengthen your spiritual connection to the earth where you are. 
And sometimes we have a different connection to somewhere else in the world or we wouldn't go somewhere else, but to anchor right in there. And Mukite's really powerful for that. Really helps for Australians. It helps us when we travel overseas. It helps with jet lag and getting our bearings and all that type of thing. For anyone who comes to live in the Southern Hemisphere, especially Australia, then Mukite really helps you to kind of assimilate your energy to this region as well. So I really like it for that. So those are some different crystals. Some Atlantean ones, if you're really drawn to Atlantis and want to work with that more. But I'd really encourage you to look for Yolamun Seed Crystal, Quantum Quattro, Super Quartzes, and some Mukite. And they're really going to bring in, and it's interesting how we've got either a combination of different colors with Mukite, or a combination of crystals with the Quantum Quattro or the Super Quartzes coming together and working together. See that Lemurian energy happening again? Mmm. Okay. Now, another thing. I don't believe the Lemurians maybe worked with essential oils, but I know that they worked with plants. And for me, essential oils are that great combination of the sciences of the Atlanteans and that knowledge that we have in this new 21st century combined with the wise plant wisdom of cultures past, of Lemuria, Atlantis, and all the indigenous cultures around the world that have been living in harmony with the plants around them and using them for sustenance, healing, protection and all energetic and spiritual work as well so there are so many different atlantean plants and oils and i think we have a really good knowledge of that you know any oil that is native to north america or to europe i'd be looking at as an atlantean oil and we could talk about lots and that type of thing but i want to go into three oils that get a little less attention that i think are real gifts that everyone around the world could really benefit from so first of all, let's talk about a really beautiful oil native to Australia known as lemon myrtle. Lemon myrtle is an essential oil that obviously has this beautiful, it comes from this shrub with these beautiful soft white yellow flowers um, found in different parts of Australia. And when you steam distill the leaves, you get this amazing lemon-esque kind of oil. Now, what I love about lemon myrtle is it's one of the most um, in all the essential oil world. In aromatherapy, it is very high in something called citrol, C-I-T-R-A-L. Citrol is a, got a reputation for being amazingly detoxifying for the body. And what an oil will do to the body, it will also do to the energetics. And so lemon myrtle is a great cleanser. Amazing for cleansing space and amazing for cleansing any inequalities. And I, in my book, Gifts of Essential Oils with Vanessa Jean, we, we have allocated each oil as having a gift, that it gifts to humanity. And the gift that I've chosen to explain for lemon myrtle is mateship. Now, mate, that's a term that's used a lot in Australia for, hey, we're equals mate, come on. Do you mean that type of thing? So this mateship is very much about equality. And lemon myrtle is amazing for re-equilibrating um, disharmony in relationships where there's any power struggle lemon myrtle works really well with the solar plexus chakra so if you have any imbalances there and of course our solar plexus chakra is associated with personal power and how we relate to other people so if it's underactive you tend to have, find people will dominate you you allow them to assert their personal power on you you don't get your say no one considers you you um all those types of things you know you're not really included in groups and that type of thing you're not regarded or respected or the solar plexus chakra can be overactive and that's where you assert your personal power on other people so you can be a bit of a bully 
um, bit pushy, domineering or dominating. You can be a perfectionist because you um, it has to be your way. Or you can also be a workaholic because you have to do everything because no one else can do it right. So those are signs of an overactive um, solar plexus chakra. And lemon myrtle comes in and helps to rebalance this chakra to make sure that we don't assert our personal power on other people, nor do we allow others to assert it on us. It equalizes. It allows us to work with people collaboratively together for the greatest good and also to be friendly and all those beautiful things and, and, and to feel confident socially as well. It's an amazing one for that. So it really helps to form these different bonds, which is very much a Lemurian thing and to help us come together with the community. So lemon myrtle is an amazing essential oil to work with. It benefits our body, our mind and our spirit and has a very Lemurian energy. And another gift, another rare essential oil that was also gifted to us from Australia is called Buddhawood. Buddhawood, also sometimes called bastard sandalwood or false sandalwood, has a bit of an aroma like sandalwood, but I describe it. To give you an idea, if you're familiar with essential oils, it's a zoe, sandalwood, cedarwood and vetiver all went on a romantic getaway to Australia. We're not going to judge that there's three of them. We're open to all types of relationships here on this podcast. And they decided to have a love child in Australia. And that love child is Buddhawood. So that's a kind of aroma. Now, I love using Buddhawood. I love it for sleep. I love it in my diffuser. And I find if I put it on the soles of my feet, I have a really good night's sleep, but I have more epic dreams. And so this could be a good one for actually meditative or visions of Lemuria as well. I find it really beautiful for my skin. When I mix it with moisturizing cream, it helps with my complexion. Um, I've got a member of my family who has gets a bit of arthritis and finds that when um, they mix the Buddha wood with some like some cream or a carrier oil, like a fractionated coconut oil, um, and rub that in, they get relief that way. Also a bit of an aphrodisiac, bow chicka wow wow. So really great oil in that type of way. But let's talk about what it does to us on a energetic level. Buddha wood has a bit of a masculine presence about it, and it very much helps with our armoring in that type of way. I find um, that you know especially for men, women as well. But for men, we have to always put on this brave face. And, and when people have crack a joke at us or insult us or criticize us, we just have to smile and keep going. And after a while, these kind of put little dents in our armor and we kind of, you know, it can dull our light over time and that type of thing. But it's really good for bringing that back up. And how it does that is that actually the flowers of the Buddhawood tree, although it's got this tough kind of energy about it, are white. And this connects it to the moon. And it teaches those that are armoured up to be vulnerable and to be open and honest. And that is where the real power comes. Buddhawood as well also helps you to tune in to the cycles in your body, whether it be your sleep cycles, your menstrual cycles, or any kind of cycles, and the cycles of Mother Nature as well. The lunar cycles that affect the tides and us and everything, or just what's happening with the seasons and that type of thing as well. So Buddhawood is an amazing one for strengthening who you are, being more open because when we're vulnerable and really dive into vulnerability as well. Brene Brown, B-R-E-N-E Brown, has some amazing work on what vulnerability is and isn't. Vulnerability isn't spilling your guts and emotionally vomiting over everyone and telling them everything. It's, yeah, it's about, for me, vulnerability is more about um, 
being honest and authentic in an environment where the other person is also opening up and being honest and, you know, it's choosing the situation and the right people to be vulnerable with as well type of thing. And Buddhawood will really help you with that. Plus, it also helps us with living back. It's very grounding, very, very grounding, um, helps connect with the earth and that connection to earth and her deeper cycles and that type of thing as well. Humans have become so disconnected, I find overall, I'm generalizing, with the cycles. For example, women's menstrual cycles used to be in line with the moon. Now, you don't need to send me an email, women, and tell me what your menstrual cycle is doing. But from my experience and conversations and what I've heard is some of you have really short menstrual cycles, some that goes for 40 days, some that's all over the place. And one of the reasons for that is electricity. And electricity and lights on at night throws out our natural balance. Same with sleep as well. We used to rely on the moon and the stars and the movements to help us regulate those circadian cycles. And so we we have lights on at night, we're looking at screens at late at night, we have the window closed, the blinds closed, and one of the best things I find at getting back to your sleep is getting near the window, the blinds open, or even sleeping outside under the stars and the moon, and allowing your circadian cycles to really regulate again. But Woodward can help with that as well. Right, I'm going to jump across the pond to New Zealand. I'm going to talk about a New Zealand native oil that I think is a really powerful one. This is called Manuka. Now you may have heard of Manuka honey, but when you steam distill the leaves of this tree or this bush or this plant, it, we are also gifted a really amazing essential oil that is kind of a bit like Australia's tea tree in its therapeutic benefits. But let me tell you a little bit about the history of this. And this is a history from when white, it was used by the indigenous people and for many different medicinal things, um, especially for skin complaints and burns. But when white settlers came to New Zealand, they decided they wanted to clear land for agriculture because that was what civilization did and all that kind of thing. We'll talk about that at a later date. But, um, you know, so they'd just burn large amounts of bushland and flora. But there was this one stubborn plant that would grow back really, really quickly, and its root system would stop the soil from eroding. That tree, or that plant, was manuka. And so this becomes part of the mythology and part of the metaphysics of manuka essential oil. Manuka essential oil is great for our healing, especially when we feel that we've been burnt. How often when we are burnt do we kind of, you know, lose hope and lose light and that type of thing as well? Manuka is great for picking you back up, for helping you to feel restored again. When you feel that life has dragged you down, dragged you through the, you know, through hell and back and that type of thing, Manuka is an amazing essential oil. Indigenous people use it for when they burnt themselves or injured themselves. It would help to heal. It would help to heal pain. And Manuka will do that physically. I love it. If I cut myself, It's I love to put it on there. I also find, because I, I teach a lot, I talk a lot. You may have noticed that. Um, and I tend to sometimes get a bit of a sore throat because I overwork it. And when I um, put Manuka on my throat... It, I, I find that, that that dryness or that soreness goes away, especially by the morning, all gone. Love Manuka for that. Really amazing in that type of way. What I also love about Manuka, another powerful aspect of Manuka, is that we associate the bee with Manuka and Manuka honey, and that's been a, a prominent part of its medicine as well. 
And I want you to think about a bee for a second. And what do bees teach us? Well, they do bees go and land on any part of a plant? On the leaf or the twigs or that? No, they go for the flower. They look for the sweet spot. And so manuka and bee both teach us to look for the sweet spots and look for the good in any situation. Like we were talking about before. The win- and what happens is manuka helps us to look for win-win situations. Manuka takes the sting out of a burn on all levels. And it helps us, you know, when we get hurt. And what happens once we get hurt? We get vengeful. Right. They've screwed me over and I'm going to pay them back. Divorce is an amazing example of that. They cheated on me with someone else. I'm going to take them to the cleaners and get every cent out of them kind of thing. And Manuka has this soothing, wise energy that comes in and says, Hey, maybe that person did you a favor. Maybe that was the only way they knew how to leave this relationship so that you can find someone who's going to love you for who you truly are rather than not. How can we find win-win situations and how can we get this, this burn and this pain out of this situation and hold it all together in a really good way? So I love Manuka for that. It allows us to look for the goodness in situations to find the good in people. Every single person on this planet, I believe there are very few evil people that find joy seeing the suffering of others. I believe most people are doing what they believe is for the best. And we all have different opinions on what's for the best. But this is this great energy of Manuka that says, hey, let's look for win-win situations where we're all benefiting rather than I'm going to win and you're going to lose. Rather than, I'm going to come on top and you're going to suffer. And that type of thing as well. How can we serve the greatest good of everyone concerned? So again, do you see how we're looking for the greater good of all the community? It's that Lemurian energy. And so Manuka helps in that type of way as well. So that is a bit of an exploration into Manuka and Woodward and lemon myrtle, as well as some crystals for Lemuria, and I threw in some Atlantean crystals as well, and a bit of a dive as well. Now, of course, do I know these things are true from Lemuria and Atlantis? No, I wasn't there. That I well, not in this incarnation. I haven't got a time machine just yet, so we don't know for sure. But that's my experience, and I hope that it's helping to open up some ideas for you and relate to you, and you know, help with your own spiritual exploration. That's the plan of. Everything I share in this Blessed Journey podcast is to awaken things within you. I'm not sitting here as the expert or the guru that is telling you how it is. I'm here to provoke thoughts and to help with your inquiry and to help you join me down the path as we explore the gifts from Mother Nature and how they can help us to make this world a better place. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to joining you very, very soon when we're going to dive in to another aspect of working with the gifts of nature. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. 
Find me under Adam Barillay at YouTube and Instagram, as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillay on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.